it's a lot of work and there's lots of times that you want to give up but there's also so many times like it's validating when you see the first guest come through and like the joy in the children's eyes like it is so fun to make the world a little bit more fun and a little bit better um, mm -hmm. even if it's just one house at a time What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother. So good to see you. Um, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys are doing, but I feel like the year is just, everything is kind of cramming to the last minute. Like, yeah, I have so many things going on everywhere and literally, but I feel I was meditating yesterday and I kind of had a feeling that I'm like, wait, I feel like everybody is kind of having this energy because I'm like, I could, I could feel it. And it's just not like anxiety per se, but I'm just like, there is so many things to do and so many things happening at the same time that I'm always like, I'm kind of just like, just deep breaths and trying to like plan 2022 <laughs> and review 2021. And I'm like super grateful. Like it's been a crazy year. Like I think everybody that I know um, and that I love has had amazing years, myself included. So I have so much to be grateful for, but it's just like, I want to plan 2022, but I'm like, there's so much shit to do in 2021. I'm like, I don't have any time. Um, Amen. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So I, it is a worldwide energy that I'm feeling. So yeah, man. Um, Having said that, do you want to tell us how you're doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same. And it, hopefully it's a sign that like we practice what we preach, right? Because a few weeks ago, we talked about how most people take this time and they just coast through the end of the year, right? Yeah. The successful people that I know double down when everybody else is sleeping. So I find myself same thing. It's almost like every year I'm getting another deal or pushing the envelope on a bigger deal right around year end, because there tends to just be more opportunities because everybody else is just kind of cruising through the end of the year. And they're already focused on 2022, like 2021 was already done. I'm just thinking about 2022, but this is the time when you can really double down. And yeah, it might feel a little overwhelming in the moment, but if you just wade the storm, man, like mm -hmm. that, that's where we make real progress every, every year. So yeah. And then I, I like to think about, we, we have a lot of friends and, and some of them spend more time on their mind and spiritual journey than others. And a good friend of ours, Harry Sherwood, has a whole uh, community. And when I tell him, I'm like, Harry, I feel overwhelmed. He's like, overwhelm is a choice, is a, mm -hmm. is a defense mechanism that you have, right? And so every time I tell myself I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm like, Am I feeling overwhelmed or am I just trying to like protect myself against like kind of, kind of pushing right now, right? Because I think also that's the thing, right? Every time you accomplish something, after a little bit, you get that, ah, I should be kind of comfortable. And so like keeping yourself, right? 
constantly growing and challenging yourself. I think that's that's where sometimes you label it as overwhelm, but it's a choice, you know? Yeah. And we're going to yeah. talk about that today with, with our guests, who I'm super, super excited to introduce, because one of the things we're talking about offline is like, when you commit to the strategies that she's implemented, and what I'm currently implementing, you just got to commit and you go all in and it can feel very scary at first because you're putting a lot on the line. But if you do it right, and you commit, and you just again, you just get through it. You know, the light is really bright on the other side, we'll just put it that way. So uh, without further ado, today on the show, we have Brindy Barton with us. So she is the co-founder and design manager of Loma Homes. She started her first real estate company in 2013, along with her husband, Kyle. And what started as a side gig of duplexes turned into full-time businesses, flipping houses, creating vacation rentals and developing larger multifamily deals. Uh, her specialty is managing large reconstruction projects remotely. She successfully managed and completed projects across seven different states. Uh, she now focuses on Loma Home vacation rental development creating premium, extreme themed homes for guests to get an immersive experience that leaves them with an unforgettable memory. And I'm super pumped. Like, I think Bart introduced us uh, a couple months ago to get this yep. set up for the show. And I was like, this is perfect timing because I am literally doing this right now. So, Brindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you... You got into the real estate game back in 2013. Tell us a little bit about what was going on with that and what got you into real estate. And then how did that evolve into the vacation rental space? Yeah, so I just started um, in traditional real estate. My husband and I were fresh out of college and in corporate America, like unrelated real estate. And um, we decided to get into a duplex where we live in one side and rent, in the, rent out the other because it was like free rent. And we thought, oh, this is great. And then that real estate bug just bit us and we did a bunch of education and kind of got into the long-term rentals and apartments. And we got into flipping houses. And then funny enough, um, our now business partner, Jeff came to us because we were living in his basement. <laughs> um, we had just moved uh, to Utah and we're looking where to uh, buy a house or whatnot. So we rented his basement and um, he knew that we were flipping houses and doing real estate remotely. So I was traveling all the time, going to different places. And he um, is a data geek and did a bunch of research and decided that he wanted to do a vacation rental because it would be the best return as investment. Um, and then he did research and found the best area at that time was Joshua Tree, California. So he came to us and was like, hey, I want to do vacation rental in Joshua Tree, California, but I don't know much about real estate. I don't know anything about Joshua Tree, but I know you guys do this out of state. Can you make me one? And we're like, sure. And then we're like, where's Joshua Tree? Like, <laughs> we had no, never even heard of the place, which is kind of funny now. Uh, it's all the rage. But um, two weeks later, we drove down there and we started house hunting and getting to the market because once you know how to do real estate remotely, it's all about getting to know the market and creating the right product or the right real estate market um, house for that. So um, yeah, so he, Jeff hired us to do one vacation rental and um, it kind of just let one thing to another went really well and we started a whole business out of it now. I love it. I love it. And before we even pivot to the vacation rental side of things. One thing that I've talked about and a lot of questions that I get asked is like you, we're in a bunch of different States right now. We're in four different States and everybody's like, well, how do you do that? And what I always say, and I want to get your take on this is the principles are the same, whether it's next door or it's further away, it's just outside of your comfort zone. And it forces you to have really tight systems and a really good team because you can't be there to bandaid everything together if it doesn't go right. So 
how has your experience been with that? And I'm sure you made some mistakes like I did along the way. Um, but could you talk about that for a minute about doing it remotely? Yeah, for sure. And um, it has its challenges and its benefits. And it's something we still continually are fine tuning. Um, it definitely makes you lean on your team better. And that has its headaches initially because you get some bad apples while trying to find the good ones. Um, but the good thing about making it lean on the team is it does help you to like separate a little bit because um, I travel a lot. And so that's as a getting the properties up and going and designing and managing construction that requires me to travel a lot. But I also think if I um, was there all the time, it would just suck me in where I am going to be the person responding to the 2 a.m. call because I'm there and I decide I want to do that. So it's kind of nice to separate yourself a little bit. If you create the systems that forces you to build a good team, find the right people who are boots on the ground, um, you still want to make sure you're really close to what's going on. Um, for example, we self-manage all of our properties remotely because we have a very high expectation of what we want our guest experience to be. So we do like to micromanage um, everything from the communication to the cleanings, the turnovers, um, the, obviously the designs. So we do everything in-house, but then we hire boots on the ground that we're managing um, so that way the full guest experience is there. So yes, it's hard, but it's possible if you find the right people. And um, there's definitely like checklists and accountability that you have to create to make sure that your properties are staying well kept because it's very easy to hire a property manager and have it just fall apart too. For sure. And just on that topic, any tips you can give people to help them vet out those contractors, maybe based on your experience? The, the This is still one like of our hardest things on, too. Like your yep, boots yep. on the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's You can do as much research as possible and still have problems, but you do want to do your due diligence. So the best place to start is references. If you know anybody in the area, start asking around because if someone else had a good experience, that betters your odds than a random person. Um, but if you don't have any references, then we like Google and start looking at reviews, talk and just call around and interview. We like to um, talk to multiple people and um, actually interview them with specific questions of like how we want things managed, make sure they're on the same um, page of what we do for our branding and what we want in our company. Um, and then we like to meet them usually in person too. So um, make sure that they, I don't know, just check out with what, if they're representing our company and being the boots on the ground, um, it's, how they present themselves in person. It's how well they do their job, whatever that is, whether it's cleaning or maintenance. Um, but there's not really a magic pill. I wish there was, because it'd make our life a lot easier too. I think you just ask as many questions as you can, call their references or talk to people who've worked with them and then um, kind of trial them before you commit long-term. That was the last thing that I was gonna add is what we tend to do is we like to give them like a little project and see how they do before we unleash the whole thing on them. So yep. even like this week, I have a, somebody from my team down there just checking in on everything. And instead of just hiring one contractor to help build furniture and everything else, we hired three, which maybe cost me a little bit more, but it's a test. So if one of, yep. if they do well, or one of them does well, okay, great. Now I have his cell phone and maybe he could be like a regular handyman for me down there. Right. So like yep. just given little test projects that way. We have five houses under construction in Panama City Beach at the same time. And we used four different contractors because we wanted to test them and figure out this is the quickest way to figure out who's our favorite to use in the future. Or so we can build our team and get like, hey, these are the two best ones or whatnot. And obviously you wanna be conscious and not just like waste people's time, like make it worth it. But um, it's, it's good to 
you know, trial and error. For sure. Yeah, I feel like I was cutting you off. I no, but you, you, you asked all the questions. Like I just, every question that I had in mind, I wrote down and you literally asked them all. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Which is Sorry. great, you know, but I, I think what's, what's, what's a question that I had in mind that you haven't really kind of like oh. touched on is when you're looking for that boots on the ground person is going to be kind of like the overall kind of team player. I assume you have one that is kind of like not really maintenance, not really cleaning. Like, do you have somebody like that? It's what category do you look for them in? And what I mean by that is like, what kind of people have you seen over time actually work best for that kind of like not cleaning necessarily, but the guy that can kind of like run to target or like, go buy some stuff, go to Ikea, like an overall player? Yeah, so we've tried a few different options and it's hard when you only have one or two properties to get someone who is committed to being mm -hmm. there for you on call because you're not providing enough for a full-time job. So we found the hardest part was our first couple properties because we didn't have enough work to warrant someone to be committed. They go find another job and they don't last very long. Um, but what we, we call them like house and home inspectors and they inspect the home. They also will help with like, if we need to set up for a birthday party that's been purchased or go run and get a coffee machine at 10 o'clock at night because there's an angry guest or whatever. Um, so we just put very specifics on our job listing. And we, 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 like I said, that person's kind of like a home inspector because they keep accountable the cleaners, make sure things are ready for the guests. We like to have them go in and check um, before each guest check-in. And um, we've actually been recently developing um, an app and stuff so that the cleaners use it to check off their list. And then they have a full accountability with the home inspector goes in and uses it to, I, I can't remember the exact point uh, number, but there's a ton, like 30 different checkpoints that they have to pass. And our cleaners actually get graded and paid based on how well they do. So this is a new system we're implementing to help hold it accountable because we found that just hiring people um, didn't really do the trick that we have to actually do more um, to have that housekeeper keep a, accountable to cleaners because a cleaner by themselves wasn't doing much. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's, it comes back to like, if you listen to what Brindy's saying, like she's experienced now, she's got a bunch of units. It's constantly refining your processes because if you just kind of rest on your laurels and just try and coast, eventually stuff breaks. So like as the CEO yeah. or whatever you call yourself running your business, you always want to analyze your operations because at the end of the day, if the guests don't have a good experience, I don't care how cool your house is. It's not going to matter. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's a process and you just take it one at a time. It seems really overwhelming, but like tackle an issue and say, how can we do this better? And then another one comes up and, and do as most planning you can, but it's, it's not going to be perfect from the beginning, two years in, and we're still fine tuning and improving and hiring new people. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And so why don't we pivot a little bit to kind of the topic of like extreme themed houses and like what that is and what got you thinking to do that? And maybe talk about that first deal. Yeah. Well, kind of like I talked about with Jeff hiring us on the first one for Joshua Tree, we initially had no thoughts about like extreme themes. We were just like, okay, our goal is to go flip a house and we're just going to make it pretty and rent it out. But when we went down to Joshua Tree, we saw the local vibe 
Um, and it's like a bohemian artsy town. It's near like Coachella and music festivals. There's lots of rock climbers and it's kind of this like bohemian hippie wonderland. And we talked to um, local agents, looked at different Airbnbs that were successful. Um, and it came down to if we want to do good in this market, you have to stand out and you got to provide the experience that those guests want. And in that area, they wanted a hippie, fun, like glamping experience. So we bought five acres with a um, dome house that was like a thousand square feet on it. And um, when we did our data crunching, we knew that we needed to be able to sleep a lot of people. And there weren't any houses that were large, let alone unique and large. So we bought a thousand square footer, but then got a whole bunch of trailers, gutted them, turned them into detached bedrooms and stuck giant art murals on the outside. And then did a bunch of hammocks and a pool and like outdoor entertainment stuff. All of it was colorful. We used local artists that were, it was just this like hippie wonderland. And it did really well. It outperformed double what we were projecting. Um, and that's kind of what bit the bug. It's like, hey, if we, if we do this well and we stand out, we can kill a competition. So the same concept went for Florida. Uh, we decided not to do anything else in California for um, just their legal and politics are not super friendly for business owners. So we sold that property and we do not do anything there currently. So we looked for another market and Florida kept popping up as a um, good vacation rental. Obviously Orlando's a huge tourist place, but there's a million different vacation rentals. So you have to stand out. So we just looked at all the top performing ones. We bought all the data from AirDNA and Price Labs and whatnot. And we just do a lot of data analysis on what makes properties stand out. So when we went to Orlando initially, once again, we didn't think we were going to build like smoke breathing dragons. That wasn't really the plan. It was more of, we just know we need to get into this market and be the best in this market. So find what other people are doing and then do it better. The people who are doing well, were theming their properties out and a lot of them not very well. So we're like, hey, we can do that and we can even do it, do it to the next level. And um, that's kind of how we ended up getting the extreme themes was just because we followed the numbers and figured out what the way to be most successful was. Love it. Sorry, I got to turn off all my notifications here. No, no but I, I would like for you to go into what does that like looking at numbers because obviously like I am, I am not that person, right? Like that's not what I do. I stay very local to my market and I know my numbers in my own market a lot based on like experience. And then like I, I take advantage of all the like air DNAs and whatnot, just to make sure that I'm, I'm like remaining educated, but my market is very different, right? Like I don't plan on ever moving out of South Florida. I have my economy of scale here. So my model and your guys's model is a little bit different, right? But I know a lot of people that ask me like, how do you find a market? How do you find the next market? Right? So what does that, can you walk us through what that looks like for you? And like, what are the numbers that you look at? And maybe what are some numbers that like you thought were important at the beginning but actually it's like no really all i care about is this and this and then if these two things make sense everything yep. else is good so there's two numbers that really matter when you're picking a market one is the cost of the property the other one is the amount of revenue it's going to bring in so cost of the property you can obviously look at bill look at um there's the that'll even get pulled in some air dna reports and whatnot like you see a dive in like you're just working with a realtor and find out how much it's going to cost if I'm going to buy a X number of bedrooms house in this market. And then you compare that to AirDNA and Price Labs data of what the annual revenue is. 
So you just look at those ratios and obviously you want the biggest spread from the lowest cost house to the highest revenue. And um, we, so we pull a lot of data and then kind of rank them and figure out where the top um, spread is. Because for example, we have beach houses that we do in Destin, Florida. And the bang for your buck there is much higher than California. If you go to California and you want to get a big beach house, it's going to cost millions of dollars for like a three-bedroom house versus in um, Florida, in Destin area, it's, yeah, it's a nice, it's a good getaway, but you can get one that's like a block from the beach for $500,000 or $700,000. And the actual revenue in that California property versus the Florida property is almost the same. So you're making the same amount of revenue, but you get in at a third the price. So those are the ratios that we look at um, and we just kind of rank our markets by that. And it's not just about numbers too. You have to look at like the legal regulations and stuff like that too, because that will determine your business success. Yeah. Do you have a rule of thumb on the, like, you know how, and, and I'm sure you know, because your background as a real estate investor, right? Like, so you have the 1% rule as, as a lot of guys, a lot of seasoned investor, long-term investor, buy and hold it like the 1%. And it's the easy kind of like napkin yep. math that you can do in your head, be like, uh, yes no do you yeah, have, we have that a, now for your yeah, we have market? a 20% yeah we do a 20% rule so um the annual revenue should be 20% of um the purchase and renovation combined boom i'm glad somebody else verified that because we were talking about that and I, somebody was like could you do a rule of thumb and i was like based on my experience if it can gross about 20% of the purchase price like done it's a solid deal. So you are the yeah. only other person that I've heard say that. So I'm glad I'm on the right track. So, woo, I awesome. haven't heard anybody else say that actually. We kind of developed that. I mean, I'm sure that I'm not the first person invented it, but that's kind of what we've decided. And honestly, it's hard. 20% is ambitious. So you got to dig for the deals. Mm -hmm. No, but I think I think that is like a great rule of thumb, right? Because like now I'm looking at all the properties that like we have looked at, at like the one that John closed on recently. And it's like, kind of like it's it's right there without me like knowing about the rule i'm like oh shit i need mean, to do that and i'm like hey, oh, yeah. that's that's exactly what it, what it makes right um so i think that's great because i think especially if you're like somebody that likes numbers i think that gives you a good rule of thumb especially like if you're like out and about you can check something kind of quick to know if it works for you um what are some of the things that you guys look at in the sense of like how do we make this place better so like what, like what extreme are we talking about? Because like, I, like, I can imagine things, but I also tend to have a very vivid Let's, imagination. I the website real quick. Yeah, so please. If you're driving, don't do this, but when you stop. Absolutely do it. It's going to be it worth you crushing. It's loma-homes.com. So check it, it out and you'll understand what we're talking about. Like extreme themed. Of like what is it? like the dragon, like it, it's loma-homes.com. Can I share my screen on here? Loma, yeah. Yeah. I, I can look it up. But for the podcast um, listeners, you guys are gonna have to check this out on YouTube so that you can yeah. actually see your screen here. Okay, I have excuse my million tabs, but um you uh, can I mean, see can yeah, you see it's my, the only my way screen? We can be friends if you don't have Tabs, we can now be friends that's not um do you see my screen right now then yes oh yeah so we focus on two areas and it use your question is like what do you do or um how do you like know what to build and the number one question there that guides you is what does the guest want so what you're going to build in orlando is different than what you're going to build in california versus what you're going to build in like the smoky mountains 
because someone who's coming to theme parks wants a theme experience. And so we are creating a theme park for them to sleep in essentially. So you can see this one is Wizard's Way. And um, we have like special light effects. We have sound effects. We have this train right here actually blows, um, like it's a humidifier that blows smoke and it makes train noises on the other side of this. There's actually interactive things. Kids can drive the train and play with it. So we try to make it as fun and family um, like centered as possible because people who are coming to Orlando and our target market especially are going to the theme parks and they're looking for an experience and memories to build with their family and their children. Um, we that go for picture is insane. Like I'm like <laughs> I have my, like full screen on my other screen, and like the little kid of me is like absolutely like absolutely excited. <laughs> it for the podcast too. listeners, we're staring at a bedroom that has a dragon coming out of the wall that is blowing smoke. So, like so it's insane. <laughs> I can just imagine this room having so many pranks because they're by the bed. There's a button that breeds the fire and smoke. And you know, like mom and dad are sleeping and the kids come in and press the button and terrify them awake. <laughs> so this I haven't seen amazing. that happen, but in my, my mind, I imagine that when we were creating it, it kind of made me giggle. So I hope it has happened. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So how do you, how do you go about this? So like you're, you're the designer. So like this, these are your, your designs, like your yeah. ideas. And then you have a local team of people that help you. Yeah. So it's actually not even local all the time. Um, we work oh. with contractors that build out theme parks and haunted houses and laser part, like laser tags like that. And they are we work for a couple of different ones and they are out of state. So they build everything remotely in their warehouses and they bring it in. But then we work with local contractors who do the normal construction, like flooring and backsplash and painting the non-themed sections and stuff like that. So it's kind of yeah. a mix, but it's a huge project. And it all starts with, um, like I said, we do a lot based on what the guests want. So we run data. Once again, our company is very data-driven. We run data on like what are the most popular um, like toys and children and family topics and stuff like that. Um, and obviously there are the theme parks to go off of here. So you've got Disney, you've got Galaxy's Edge, you've got Universal. And um, you have to be very careful because you can't just copy things either. Like you'll notice that we avoid licensing or like you won't see specific brands in it, but you can kind of get inspiration from different um, other popular items for families and theme off of that. Um, and I just, kind of talk to people who are fans of the different themes and say like for example we made a dinosaur house so I talked to people who had kids with dinosaurs like what are your favorite dinosaurs and um, like if you could sleep in a dinosaur house what would that look like and so I love to like actually do almost like focus groups or in interviews with people who are target market to find out what they want we also do a lot of Instagram surveys and stuff too to determine what the best theme houses and and source it from there and then yeah. I just come up with how to design their dream house yeah I, I love it because I think like to me what what becomes evidence the more episodes we've done right and like by now we have done a lot of episodes is like that really the people that make it and not surprisingly really is the people that like make an effort right so like the effort yeah. in your pictures is like evident right and the effort in like understanding how you went about it it's it's evident yeah. right like there is no like there is no arguing like you're like because <laughs> That's the thing with this that it's like also beautiful. It's like if you want to do a vacation rental for one house that kind of pays for itself, you don't have to do all of the shit, right? Like yeah. 
let's be honest, right? Like you don't have to go above and beyond, but if you want to make a business and retire yourself and make money, this is what the market is now, right? Especially in like super competitive markets like Orlando, right? Like you don't have, how are you going to compete with Mike and with, with this? If, if like, you know, if you just have yeah. your things from like Ikea with the same picture with the hanging jungle thing that everybody has from Ikea, like there's no competition. Yeah. If right? you go to a big market and you don't stand out, you'll get eaten alive because there's just so many options out there that um, you have to be the best. You have to do everything from the design. You have to be strategic on how you do your listings so that it's like optimized for search engines. And you have to do the extra mile or else it's a waste of your time and money and you won't even break even. Like in Orlando, there's such a spread. There's a lot of people who lose money doing it because they think, oh, it's easy. Everybody goes to Orlando. All I have to do is buy a house and turn it into vacation rental. That won't make you money. Um, you have to do it strategically when, especially in the big markets. So you got to look at what people are doing successfully and, and do it. And to be honest, it is so much harder than I anticipated to go like all in. It's a lot of fun and it's worth it. And it, the effort pays off um, in better returns and everything. But um, it's, it is like a full-time job to go this in, which is why we do it full-time. Yeah. So did, did you ever have like a horror story like of what I imagine like is my like 1130 eating like a Jimmy John sandwich building Ikea furniture for like one of these houses that you're like that is not <laughs> worth it like that like run down in tears moment that you're just like there's people coming like the day after tomorrow <laughs> like I can't like that place smells like Ikea like have you ever had a place that just smells like boxes like then you take out all the boxes and it just smells like the Ikea warehouse and you're just like I don't know I probably shouldn't do this for a living anymore like this is not what I should do for all, all the time there are those moments all the time and not to scare people away no um, but it's the but, truth like that's what I want like you know what I mean like yeah. that's why I ask it right in, in perspective right now I'm actually on site of a princess castle house we're building I flew in yesterday got there it's the airport like two and then met with contractors all day and was busy all day. And then I was working till one 30 last night, then had to get up at like six 30 to keep doing it. And that's like doing that every day for like a month is how this works. You're mm -hmm. just doing late nights. You're you know, fixing problems. You're trying to get the house ready. And it's just so many moving puzzle pieces. Yeah. That, um, it's a, it's a lot of work and there's lots of times that you want to give up, but there's also so many times like it's validating when you see the first guest come through and like, the joy in the children's eyes like it is so fun to make the world a little bit more fun and a little bit better um, mm -hmm. even if it's just one house at a time and it's also fun when you get good paychecks <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the most fun everything else is like yeah yeah that's cute but like the most fun is when <laughs> money hits the bank account um so i assume that with all of the work that you guys have done and are putting into this this like eight, nine properties that I see here are not, are not the end of it, right? Like what's, what's the vision? Where are you guys going? How big yep. are you going to go moving forward? Like, yeah, our goal is a hundred properties in the next four years. And we want to build our brand to be known as the premium vacation rental brand, like place to go for experiences. So you've got the Marriott, you've got the hotel chains, but there's not really a vacation rental brand. There's a lot of people who have a few of them, but we want to have multiple locations. All of them, you know what you're going to get. It's a fun experience, clean properties that are beautiful. 
and you can go throughout the U.S. and get different experiences. So we're going to add in different locations. Right now, we have the beach experience and the theme park experience. We're going to add like national parks and mountains and skiing and maybe like deserts. So that way we have within the Loma Homes brand, a variety of like awesome memories and experiences for our guests. I love that. One, one follow-up question for that. I love that vision. <clears throat> one of the questions that I get asked all the time is around how do you fund these types of deals, right? And we were talking a little bit offline about this of like, it's not just coming up with the down payment, right? Like you have to put together a budget, which could be sizable to go to this extent. So you just have to know your numbers going into it. But from a funding standpoint, are you guys working with investors? Do you have bank relationships? Like, how does that work to, to go from one to eight or nine to 100? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So for our funding, we do mortgages on all of our properties. So they do have loans, but then for example, in these themed ones, the extreme themed ones, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to renovate. That's just cash out of pocket. A bank's not giving you money to build dragons. So um, we work with investors and our investors get ownership into the properties and then they get um, returns every quarter. And then also if we sell the properties for the large profit at the end, they get returns at that point too. So it's, um, that's kind of how our scaling is working is we, we create, um, they're called their official like PPM. So you actually invest into a um, few properties. So it's diversified for them. Um, and it helps us grow our business because if we were limited to just our cash, we'd still be at like one house. <laughs> so, so you guys, so you guys made, made an investment fund or, or what yeah. does that look like? Okay. Got it. Yep. So you did yep. a, an investment fund and, and is that a, Pfizer 506B? So you uh, we have people that you know, or? We have done both. So we do a new one every year. So last year we did a B and this year we did a C. Okay. Um, we've, and so currently we're raising for our um, C, which the, for people who are not familiar with it, that's just a type of fund that allows you to do marketing and um, collect money from people who are not personal friends or family. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of regulations around it as well. You have to be accredited. Lot, yeah. 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 So to invest with our company currently, you have to be an accredited investor, um, but you can um, be like get ownership into the homes, which is nice because it's actually secured and backed by real estate. Yeah. And they and get so, a profit split. Sorry. I'm just excited. Good. Go ahead. Um, and so you do an open fund. So you pretty much say uh, we're raising X amount of money for the year for to buy X amount of properties. Yeah. So every fund that you do legally has to say what they're investing in. And that's how we do yeah. it by year because we can't just yeah. have it open-ended forever. It of has course. to be this year. Like, so the current fund is funding seven properties and then next year is going to be like 13 properties and every year it grows more and more. Gotcha. You, do you already have the seven identified or, or, or is it some of that? Open? Yep. Uh, we have six that are already purchased. Um, one of them is the princess castle that's in underway. And then we yeah. have um, then we have five of them that are under construction in Panama City Beach. In fact, we have five properties going live in the next month and a half. It's going to be yeah. very busy. Double down, yeah. as, you, as you said, Mike. So yeah. we have a very busy holiday season. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. It's super smart. And I think, I mean, if, if you guys have been listening, I'm doing the same exact thing, buying an apartment building right now. So we just closed on a 29-unit apartment complex. Um, we have another 18 under contract now. So it's just amazing to like understand. Again, it's just the more things you know, the more ways you know how to play this game. 
Um, I think you're the very first person we have on the show that actually has a fund. I don't think we've had anybody yeah. else on the show with a fund. Um, so super interesting. And it's a really good way for people to get involved who maybe don't have the time to do it themselves, that they can still get, because of the fact that we take high, really high returning properties, they're able to make good money still when all they have to do is write a check. They're not involved with any of the day-to-day. They don't get calls at 2 a.m. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a very passive way for uh, maybe people who are full-time professionals that want to dip their toes in. Do, do you guys have a minimum for the investment? Yeah, it does vary. Currently, the minimum is 150000 And one thing I just wanted to, to allude back for the folks that might be getting started is there's a lot of hype on the internet, especially in the multifamily space about like, oh, you're just going to raise the money and do all that stuff. That's fine, but I'd highly suggest that you got to know what you're doing first. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, Brindy's got some experience. She's got a bunch of doors down. <clears throat> so she has a track record of success. So if you have the means, start this yourself or start co-hosting and managing other people's properties till you build that track record. And then you can go out and start raising some money. That's a very valid point. We did uh, three properties before we did the fund and we did them one at a time. So like I said, the first one we were hired to in Joshua Tree, that was like a, we were still flipping houses, doing other stuff and it was one. And it was like, hey, that worked. And then we were like, let's test out Orlando. And we still, Jeff, our partner still had his full-time job. Kyle and I still had our full-time real estate business. And we tested, okay, we're going to pilot and test one property in Orlando and make sure it works. And then once we knew it worked, we decided to go all in. So Yeah. yeah, take it slow and do it the right way. Um, rather than just get gung-ho mm-hmm. and and that works the other way as well right so if you are a listener that has the money and it's listening to this is like this would be great but i don't have the time there are operators that would take your money just make sure you and like you ask the questions and at the end of the day like it's your money right so like you have to be accredited you have to check mark a bunch of stuff so it's not as as easy for you to like give money away right because the moment you do it right it actually takes some time to actually get the money together and whatnot but like ask the questions and the main question is like how long have you been doing it right yeah. have you just done it and the other thing that that would be concerning now is is have you just done it in the last six months yeah in the last 12 months Cause like there is, that was the hardship that I had when I originally went to raise money for apartment buildings. People were like, you haven't been through any kind of hardship, right? The market has been good to you. The market is good. Like you don't know how you would react right now. We have COVID and everything else. So we're like, I'm good. I've gone through the top bottom top again. Everything is great. So make sure that you ask those questions. If somebody's wanting to, invest your money, make sure that they know what they've been through. We have a lot of friends that like, unless you have been through something, they just won't give you their money. Yeah. And it is hard because on the, on the first few properties, you may have to work with people who are investing in you, not necessarily the, the property. Like you're going to have to do friends and family or mm-hmm. work extra hard to find people to prove yourself. Then the more trackers you get, the easier it is to raise money. Yeah. At the end of the day, people are always investing in you. But at the beginning, it's literally like it's going to be grandma and grandpa and, and your mom. Especially and when you tell people you want to do a house full of spaceships and fog machines. They're like, yeah. what are you talking about? No one's done that before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
my family would be like, okay, you're tripping. Uh, we're not doing this. Yep. I want, yeah. I want to be respectful of your time. We've covered a lot of great stuff in here. Oh, wow. Before we yeah. get to the last question, I, I want to acknowledge you for all of this. Like, this is amazing. I love what you're doing. And thank you for coming on here to share all of this value and really kind of open yourself up to, to share your experiences and, and give valuable tips to the listeners. Um, one of the things that I love about the guests that we've had on the show and about this industry in general is I find everybody is so it's a community and everybody's always willing to open up and share because there, there's just an abundance of properties. Like I'm in the same market as you right now, right? But there's plenty of meat on the bone for everybody, right? And I just find everybody so giving and it's just like a community that everybody wants to help each other. And that's one of the biggest things I love about this industry where it's not like this crazy cutthroat stuff and whatever. So I wanna thank you for coming on here and sharing all that awesome stuff. And um, one more time for the listeners, if you want to just put in um, the URL for the site and how they could get in contact with you. Yeah, our website is www.loma-homes.com. And then you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We do a lot on Instagram behind the scenes as I'm uh, designing properties or we're sourcing um, like what we should do next. And that's um, just at Loma Homes, L-O-M-A is high school Loma. So we'd love to keep in touch, reach out, whether you're interested in just following along and see how we do it. Maybe you want to be a guest. Maybe you want to be an investor partner. We love to um, chat. So reach out to us on our Instagram or our website if you'd like to ask any questions. Love it. Love it. Well, the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? Our number one secret is probably what we've kind of talked about is be unique. Um, we really want to look at what people are doing good and figure out how to do it better. We often say go big or go home. Like we, if we're going to do it, we want to make sure that we're committed. And even if it's a lot of money, we want to be the, the best at it. And that's what pays off for us. And that's kind of what our whole brand is built around. And that's our secret sauce is going big. I love it. I thought, I thought for a second you were going to take us to like back in the day through like Game of Thrones is like you just you just got to have dragons that's that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's the that number one secret cooler. is who has the most dragons wins <laughs> so you just gotta have dragons but it's been amazing to have you I loved all of your properties I've literally looked through all of them um just now and and I mean I I just want to acknowledge because I know it takes a lot of balls to um, come up with this kind of project, put all of this on the line, do a fund, right? Like there's a, there's a next level of, of accountability that you have to get to for yourself to be able to go out there and ask people for money. Um, and that can be scary at times. Uh, so I see all of that effort that also came through getting all these units live. So I'm Thanks. really excited to see you get to those 100 units. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's fun to be here and uh, great to see you guys. Absolutely. All right. That's it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have an amazing week. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.